Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Riley here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. We are joined by a good friend of mine who has coached in the minor leagues, has played in Europe, has also played in the college, and he also has won a championship in the Southern Hockey League. He joins us now from Columbus, Georgia. Bruce Garber, welcome to Inside the Game. Hey, Chris, it's a pleasure, man. I'm looking forward to this. This is this is awesome. How old were you when you started playing hockey? Uh, first time I hit the ice, I was four. And um, it was not inside. It was outside. Um, and then officially playing hockey, um, like organized, if you want to say that, I was probably six. But my first two years were on the pond um in public skating and then you're gonna laugh in between um sessions when this my dad knew the guy that ran the rink and when the zamboni was driving around i got to go around the ice but i couldn't put a puck on the ice because <laughs> <The old laughs> if it got caught in a zamboni you're trouble in trouble but i was four um and then you know i started peewee hockey there were no squirts or mites or any of that stuff back then i was six when i actually started playing on a team so you were from boston at that yes. time and you were playing in boston and this was probably what pre-bobby Orr, or just bobby Orr had just come into um actually here. bobby Orr just just started so actually i lived in a borough of boston called chelsea um not known for hockey um and uh had a play i think uh funny it's funny chris in the history of chelsea mass i think there's been three kids to go on and play college hockey um it was a, when i made reference to the father who ran the rink his son played at yale i played at providence and then there was a there was a kid that played at umass back when they were d2 and that's been it you know for chelsea kids playing hockey so i played my first organized team was with the revere peewees and then um funny thing about the revere peewees mike rizzioni and i were teammates together way back when and um whatever he got lucky and got the chance to play on the gold medal team. Yeah, so. As you said, as, uh, just for the reference, Michael Ruzioni, captain of the Olympic hockey team. Yep. And he had said to me one time that if he had shot the puck two feet to the other side, he'd be painting houses the rest of his life semester. Right. Or Not if he would have tried, if he would have picked the corner, he would have. You know yes. what I mean? Um, <laughs> was it fun? Was it enjoyable? Did you have a great time playing? Um. Yeah, I would say I had a blast playing until I got to college. Um. I think the fun, uh, the fun, fun for the most part was was gone by the time I got to college because um, it was more like a job at that particular time. Um, but but hockey being fun, it was a blast. Um, and I was a rink rat. Um, and growing up in in Chelsea, coming home from school, if there was a piece of a puddle that froze, I was skating on it. It was just, I mean, ice time was hard to get. So wherever you could skate, I skated and I had a blast. I turned our whole neighborhood on the, to street hockey. My dad was a trainer at your alma mater, Northeastern University. So I could supply the neighborhood with equipment, you know, whatever <laughs> he brought home from work and it was street hockey. But to answer your question, as, as a young guy, I would say all the way up until the time I was 16 years old I just I loved playing and then after that I'm not so sure if I loved playing anymore but I played because that's what I I didn't know what else to do 
And I was play- fortunate, fortunate enough to be good enough to play in college and play a little bit in the minor leagues. Did so. you play other sports besides? Uh, oh, yeah. Hockey? Yeah. And actually, hockey was probably at the bottom of the barrel as far as my skill level was. I played baseball and I played football in high school. Um, actually, I had scholarship offers to go to school in all three sports. Um, football was probably my favorite, but I was too small to play football and a little bit too slow in my position. Baseball, um, loved playing baseball. And actually, when I went to Providence College, I was thinking about doing both, playing both baseball and hockey. But my coach was more in favor of just sticking to the hockey thing. So, so you, I know you had moved to Wisconsin because your dad yeah. became the trainer to the Milwaukee Bucks. Correct. Uh, and you leave Boston. Was hockey as, as prevalent and uh, as widespread in Wisconsin at that time when you moved there? No. Back then, Chris, um, when I graduated high school, um, I had the state scoring record in the state of Wisconsin. And the following year, Mark Johnson broke it. Okay. And then Mark's record stayed put for many, many years until a former Hobie Baker winner, Lane McDonald, ended up breaking Mark's record. But when I was when I was playing high school hockey in Wisconsin, I may have been the second or third guy ever from the state to go on and play Division One hockey. So high school hockey was not real, real big. You know, you had in the city of Madison, you had four high schools played. Northern Wisconsin had a few teams. And I lived in Milwaukee, which was the biggest city in the state. And there was only one high school hockey team, and that was it. And that's where I had to go to a private school to be able to play. Now, were you, you're playing there, and you're, yep. you're, having, it's, you're having great success coming from Boston and everywhere else. You know, that, yeah. that's a big thing. Um, what, what did you have to – you feel you had to play junior as well to kind of to improve your game? Were you, you starting to realize at that age in high school that there may be something here. I might be able to do this. I might be able to get a scholarship. I might be able to move a little bit further along with this. Well, I think I, I never really thought about those stuff, Chris, but my, my high school coach was a gentleman by the name of Tony Fritz that he, he went on to play many, a coach many years at Lake Forest College, a pretty good D2 program. Now it's a D3 program, but Tony played for uh, St. Mike's in the Ontario Hockey League in junior. And Tony was scheduled to be the first round draft pick of the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs and lost his eye in a game when he was 19 years old and ended up coaching high school hockey as a 20 year old kid. And uh, to this day, we still talk about it, how he said selfishly, he didn't push me to St. Mike's in in Toronto uh, after my sophomore year in high school, because he felt that was when I should have, should have gone. So what happened is my senior year in high school, rather than playing high school hockey, I ended up playing in the old USHL in Chicago when there were only six teams in the league way back when. Um, and to get, to get to college back then, um, I didn't need to go play junior. Um, I just needed to get my grades up (laughs) 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 because I thought when I graduated from high school, I was going to play in the WHA, you know what I mean? It was like school, uh, who needs school, but it ended up being a, a long road to get what I needed to get done academically so I could play division one hockey in college wasn't because I couldn't skate. It was, you know, I had a, I had to grow up as a person to learn how to get the academic side done. What was the jump like to the USHL from high school hockey? Was it, Um, was it, was it it competition tougher? Players are better. uh, Coaching was better. 
Um, well, Doug Wu coached the St. Paul Vulcans, who were uh, uh, well. Doug Wu went on to coach University of Minnesota for years. My co my coach was um, well. I'm drawing a I'm drawing a blank. Was Kenny Warham, one of the famous guys for the Blackhawks on the on the scooter line. And then um, most of the other coaches in the league at that time all went on either to be pro coaches or, or college coaches. And the coaching, coaching wasn't really, they taught you individual things. Um, and like the game, as far as coaching back then, I really don't remember learning anything from coaches. You know what I mean? It's like you learned from watching the NHL on TV or if you were fortunate enough to see a division one college game or whatever it was, your learning was watching. And for whatever reason, coaching back then, you know, it was like, you didn't have a power play. You didn't, I mean, you got a power play. You just, whatever line was up with the five guys that went out there and everybody killed penalties and everybody played on the power play. And it was, you know, get it out, get it in. Um, but there was never really make sure you, you know, we got a high guy, whatever it is, but there was never really in my tenure as a player, I didn't really have to worry about playing a system till I got to college, you know? And then by the time when you get to college, all the teaching is team-based, you know, it wasn't about developing your individual skills. It was all about, all about the team. So I think the individual skills back then, and you and I have talked, you know, off, off camera or whatever, many times about your skills have developed, <laughs> You know, on the pond, on the street, or whatever it is. You know, and just playing the game, just going just out with your playing. friends. Yeah, yeah, so. just playing is how you develop your skills, and it, obviously, it's changed now with specialization in sports and all that kind of stuff. So, so when you were looking at schools, how did Providence College come up on your radar? By accident, totally by accident. Um, um, I actually started out at the University of Wisconsin, um, and kind of funny I was declared ineligible my freshman year at the University of Wisconsin because I played for the Milwaukee Admirals back then which was if you want to say semi-pro or whatever it was so the W it wasn't an NCAA rule but it was a WCHA rule that said anybody that played in the USHL you had a city year okay and the reason the rule was put in you had um you had programs back in the day. Um, George McGinnis was the coach at, or Al McGinnis, well, George McGinnis, not Al, um, at Michigan Tech. Well, they had a team in Marquette, a team in Calumet that were like senior men's semi-pro hockey teams. Like, yeah, mid-20s. Right. And then um, Herb Brooks had Doug Wood with the St. Paul Vulcans and the Minnesota junior stars playing mm -hmm. in the old USHL. So they're, they could recruit guys and have them play there while they were taking classes at the University of Minnesota or Michigan Tech, supposedly not on scholarship, but whatever. Um, and, and then step on, step in the following year, you know, as a 19 year old or a 20 year old or a 21 year old freshman. And um, so the step up was, it was huge as far as maturity goes, you know, physical maturity in people. So, and I might've jumped around. I'm getting old. I might've lost track, but we're talking. About. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> Badger Bob, Bob Johnson was the coach there when you were there. Badger Bob was the coach of, uh, this would have been 1970, 
six and Badger Bob was the coach at the time, but he was coaching our U.S. national team that year. Okay. And uh, um, Bill Rothwell was his assistant who was coaching the team at that time. And I didn't find out I was ineligible until opening weekend. We were opening up against Michigan and I wasn't dressed and I was all upset about not getting dressed. I go in the coach's office, like, what's the deal? And he goes, you're ineligible. I go, well, why didn't I know this before I came, you know? And, and the, and the tough part about it, Chris, at that time, um, I was doing both. I was recruited to Wisconsin for both baseball and hockey. So I was going from a hockey practice to baseball practice. Okay. And then <laughs> I didn't even shower. <laughs> I just ran from one building to the next. Yeah, ran from one building, literally ran from one building to the next. And, um, and, um, and expected to go to school at the same time, you know, whatever it was, it was different. A lot of balance. Yes. So, so I left, actually left Wisconsin and when I was declared ineligible and went to, um, went to Laval in the Quebec league to go play major a and, um, Mike bought, it would have been Mike Bossy's last year, a junior. Um, and, um, I how'd, got, you wind, how'd you wind up there? I mean, did somebody call you or you just... Um, the coach for the Milwaukee Admirals who was in the USHL was from, from Montreal and he picked up the phone and called the coach and said, we got a guy for you. Um, and uh, jumped on an airplane, had no idea who was going to be meeting me at the airport in Montreal, but they told me to carry my skates with me. Okay, so I have my skates so they would know who the heck I was. I jump in a car with this guy that didn't speak a word of English. English. Okay. I, my French back then was less than un peu. So we go straight from the airport to the rink for practice. Okay. And it's the first time in my life I ever threw up on the ice. I was so nerved up. We started doing drills. Like I went over in the corner and had an upset stomach. And uh, you're going to get a kick out of this story. I don't know if I ever shared it with you, but the trainer took me in the stick room and had me, you know, pick up my sticks and got all my equipment. So I, I had no idea who Mike Bossy was. So I grabbed two of his sticks and they were Titans or whatever it was back in the day. And I cut them down because I used a real short stick and I shaved the handles down and the trainer is like flipping out at me. He's yelling at me in French. I'm like, What's the deal? It goes, oh, Michael, Michael. Da, da, da. And I, I mean, whatever. I guess budgets weren't that big. So maybe he only had a dozen sticks and I took two of them <laughs> and, and cut them down. I was like, Michael, who? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of funny. But, and then what happened is the team was actually on strike. If you go back, what year would it have been? I think it was 19, 1975, 76 season that the, the coach was fired and Mike Bossy was the captain of the team. And the team actually went on strike for like two weeks, refused to play. I was stuck there with nothing. And um, this gentleman that owned a tier two team in the Montreal Metro League um, ended up speaking to somebody in Laval, talked me into going over to skate with his team. And uh, I skated, stayed at this guy's house and ended up just staying there and played tier two. And um, ironically, my coach played at Providence College with with uh, Lou Lamoureux, and that's how I ended up at Providence. Yeah. So you transitioned out of this, but you also played with Ray Bork, 
and he yeah. was there at that time. He, yeah. Did, did, just, just a quick sidebar. Did you notice the greatness that he would be? Oh my known? God, Chris! I was, I was nineteen and Ray was fifteen. Okay, um, he was my D partner. Um, he was a big, strong kid back then. The old, the it factor, like he just, you knew that he was going to play in the NHL. And he was, he was a rat. He and I used to go to the park arena in St. Laurent, um, outdoor ice surface during the daytime. And we were on the ice for hours together. And, it, and it's so funny. We used to, we used to bet each other, have contests, trying to put it in the open net, like bank it off the boards, kept moving back all the way to the crease line, you know, quarter whoever gets it in the net or whatever and ironically I'll, I'll never forget it one of the first times i was watching ray play in the nhl i was at providence and the other team pulled the goalie at the end and i said something to my roommate i go i got a hundred bucks that said ray's gonna fire it down the length of the ice and they go no way because if he misses and it'll be icing and i go trust me i got a hundred bucks that says he's gonna fire it all the way down boom bingo it was in the net but uh no i knew right away and the funny part was um here I am, um, I'm playing at Providence College and Ray's playing for the Boston Bruins, you know, and uh, went up to visit him and all that kind of stuff. And Steve Casper asked the question, you know, how come you're at Providence and you the Bruins? If you, because I was, I got the most valuable defenseman award in the league and my plaque to this day is hanging up in the Ray Bork arena. You know I mean? <laughs> so, so Casper was busting balls, you know, how come you're at Providence and he's here? And I, I gave him the old, well, because he didn't have the grades to go to Providence. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that transition like coming out of, you know, tier two, you're coming to Providence, Rhode Island. You know, you'd yeah. grown up for a time in Boston. You, you had to know a little bit about Providence itself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what was that transition like now to come into a school, you know, and, and you were coming in, I guess, what, still as a freshman or now you're coming in as a sophomore? How are you coming into the school? Hockey, I was a junior, okay, which stunk. I only got allowed to play two. The coach had thought we were going to get three, but when he appealed the third year in the NCAA, it got shot down. But, Chris, when I came in, um, we haven't mentioned who our coach is, my coach was, but if, you know, if you want to say who it is. It was Lou Lamarillo, general manager and president of the New York Islanders now. Okay. That's all, well, you need, was, that's all you need to say, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and it was kind of funny. So I come in my first year, and the way Lou ran it was all the returning players were in the big dressing room, and you've been there to see that. And all the new guys, the freshmen coming in, we were stuck, like, down in the visiting team locker room, and you kind of earned your way into the big room. And um, it's kind of funny. This The summer before school, the equipment guy who we both know, uh, Bob Riando, Bo, may you rest in peace, called me on the phone and said, I need you to send a stick blade. So I had to cut off a blade on my stick, which was my pattern. Um, and when I got to school, I'm number four. Okay. Ronnie Wilson graduated the year before and Ronnie's, I would say the greatest province college hockey player of all time. So I've got Ronnie's number. I've got my sticks with my name and number on it. And I knew, I go, this is just a formality being down in this room. I'm paying the price like the fresh, all the freshmen do to earn my dues. I go, but not only am I going in that other room, but I'm going to be on the power play and I'm going to be the number one defenseman. That's the way my, that's the way my mind was, you know, at the time. 
So I think I thought it was a little better than it was, but that's okay. Yeah. What was your first impression of Lou? Um, when had, he, you met, had, you, had you met him before you had gotten yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, I met him twice. Um, Providence was playing at University of Vermont when I was in Montreal playing junior in St. Laurent. And um, we took a ride down to see Providence play against, against Vermont. Oh, like, no, it was, it was St. Lawrence, excuse me. So we took a ride down to see PC play against St. Lawrence. And um, I had met Lou then. And then uh, Lou had come to watch me play. And um, it's kind of funny. You think of being a young guy and you go with your mom and dad to pick the college coach up at the airport and you got a 50 minute ride <laughs> to your game. And there's the coach in the car with you. Okay. So it was like, okay, pressure's on the guys here. The guys here to see me. Well, um, at that particular time, I was, I had a lot of confidence and I didn't think anything of it. And all the questions that Lou asked, I wasn't at that particular time, I wasn't afraid of him. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't know what, what it was like to, to play for him and work with him. I didn't know how much of a disciplinarian he was. I thought he was, he's just a hockey coach, no different than all the other coaches I've ever played for. And then, you know, you, so that was when I met him. Then I spent some time with him again on a recruiting trip. But on the recruiting trip, you spend very little time with him. You know, like he did, he, he did all his work with my dad. So, you know, they knew each other from prior. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, so. um, what did you think when you started there, though? Were you, were, you, were you impressed with him? You couldn't believe how focused he was. I mean, he has laser vision when it comes to every single detail. Every yeah. single, I mean, yeah. you think about when he took that program over, he was in his late 20s, and he built Schneider Arena. Oh, you know, yeah. He, no he, built, he built the first-class arena on that, on that campus back then in 1973. Yeah. No had that. No, no. Yeah. Like during those years, I mean, Schneider Arena was the cream of the crop facilities. And Chris, you're going to laugh at me. I don't know, you know, if you're going to ask me what made me choose Providence or whatever it is, but you're going to. That's laugh. where I'm going. What 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 sold you on going there? The dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> the, dress, the dressing room, the weight room, the pattern sticks. Your name on a on a Sherwood PMP hockey stick with your number and name on it. That's I mean. I hate to say it, but that's why I went, that's what sold me on Providence. You know what I mean? And all the how other, you, all the other stuff I found out later, you know, how did you find the classes, the academic side of things for you? Easy. You know, easy. Or was it, you know, you had enough support, right? I mean, you no, it, wasn't, it wasn't even that Chris. I think it was, um, you know, if you go to class and you take notes, um, if you have any kind of a brain, then you should be able to do the work. You know what I mean? Um, I think I'm disappointed in myself that I just, I did enough to get by and I wish I would have done what, you know, mentally I was capable of doing. Um, but it, I mean, it is what it is. And if I was giving anybody advice anymore, I would say, just don't cheat yourself on that education. You know, it's like, if you're going to be the best on the ice, why not be the best in that classroom as well? So, um, describe, but, describe the type of player. Providence College that Lou recruited at that time. Um, captains what? were very important to him. Um, if you were a captain of your high school team, um, if you were a multi-sport athlete, um, I think that weighed high on him. Um, you know, I can also go back to my when I 
was fortunate enough to work for him as an assistant at Providence College as well. Um, talk about doing your homework on a player. Like, my goodness, as a young assistant, I would have to go to the school and I would meet all the players' teachers from the time he, his freshman teaches all the way through the senior year teacher. Like, you know, meet each teacher, ask questions about them, sit down with the principal. Then after that, I'd drive by, I'd have to drive by the player's house, okay, get a peek at the house. And then um, try to get a shot at what kind of car the dad drove, okay? And then actually look in the windows of that vehicle and see if it was clean inside the truck or the car or whatever it was. Like, like when I talk about doing homework on a kid, you really did your homework. And, um, and uh, the, the, that was one of the best things I ever learned from Lou, you know, is, is do, doing that homework. And then I don't, I, I would say that, the same thing is consistent with what he did with the devs, Toronto, and now in the Islanders. Um, something that stuck with me forever that he, he said to me was, you only get one chance to make a first impression. You know, so you weighed that on a kid when you were recruiting. Him. We've been talking with Bruce Garber here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Stay tuned for segment two. Inside the game brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. 